She's classy. She's sassy. She's a little smart assy. Ladies and gents, the priestess of swearing spirituality. The badass whisperer herself, Kelly McLean. Hey, welcome to the Bitch Scopes podcast, where I dish about the current astrological mood with a feminist twist. And I finally developed an intro. Uh, Do I have a tagline? I don't think I have a tagline. But anyway, feminist, that means anybody who gives a shit about women is invited to be a feminist. I'm officially the feminist spokesperson, (laughs) and I grant you all membership. Thank you for being here. I'm Kelly McLean. I've been writing Bitch Scopes for years, and um, some people love me. Some people hate me. I feel like that's a Britney Spears song trying to come out, but uh, anyway... I have a whole brand built around the word bitch um, because it's a word I'm trying to reclaim for myself and for all y'all, anybody who's interested in um, healing that part of themselves that has been shut down because we've been called bitches. So welcome to Bitchtopia. I am your leader, Bitchtress Supreme. Just making this shit up as I go. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, please email me at kelly at thebitchwhisperer.me. Um, I have two other podcasts. One is called Bitchstory. I would love your help in growing that one. I really want to get that one out there. We're really proud of it. Um, I feel like it's unique and it's filling a, a, a unique niche out there. I've always said niche. Niche. Like, I grew up very Midwestern, I guess. Niche. It's filling a unique niche out there in the very vast podcast world, and I'm really proud of it. Lisa and I have worked hard to make women's history interesting and fun, and so please check that one out, hopefully on Spotify, where um, they track my stats religiously. And then uh, my other podcast is Bitch Splaining, which I do with my best friend, Um, she's been under the weather, so we haven't been able to record for a few weeks. Sorry, but that one's just supposed to be like fun listening. And then maybe it'll validate some things for you. If you're a mom or a woman, or I don't know, maybe just a human. So anyway, please check those out. Thank you very much. On to the show. Listen, listen, Linda. This is a very, very packed week, astrologically speaking. It is actually morning, March 20th, and I never record in the morning. I'm not a morning person at all. But there is so much going on in this week's astrology. I was kind of like excited to bring this to you guys. So you can read all this yourself, and sometimes I think it's helpful to use your eye holes to digest this information as opposed to your ear holes. I guess everybody's different. But anyway, uh, the blog is kellymclean.blogspot.com, and there's a lot of information this week, a lot. <laughs> so let's just get into it. I probably won't cover everything, but maybe I will. You never know with me. 
whatever, what the fuck. I've been hearing from lots of people that they just feel bajiggity. Well, that checks out because there's a lot of shit moving around in the sky. Okay. There's always stuff moving around in the sky, Kelly. Yes, I know. But I mean, there's big shifts. Um, we had Saturn entering Pisces after two and a half years in Aquarius. That's a big deal. This week we have some major stuff. So let me kind of go over the quick and dirty first. This week, today is the spring equinox, the first day of spring today. Happy spring. If you're listening to this and there's snow all over your life, I'm sorry. Here in California where I live, it's pretty beautiful and El Nino is bringing us some rain and we really needed it and it's starting to feel a little warm. Summer here is pretty brutal where I live. And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, spring. Spring is nice, but it's just too brief. Anyway, today's the first day of spring. Tomorrow, there is a very special new moon in Aries. It's at zero degrees of Aries, 10.30-ish in the morning here on the West Coast and a little after 1, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, a little after 1 on the East Coast, 10.23 and 1.23 to be exact. If you're a Virgo listening to this and you need to know the details, there they are. Wednesday... I mean, there's some stuff happening, but the thing that I noted as a standout for Wednesday is Pluto is training Ceres, and it's happening at 29 degrees. Ceres is how we nurture. Pluto is power. We're going to feel that power in our, I'm going to call it feminine energy from Ceres. Thursday is the big day. Pluto enters Aquarius. Pluto has been in Capricorn for 15-ish years. Um, Pluto is going to dip its toe into Aquarius for a little bit. And then this summer, he will retrograde um, back into Capricorn for the rest of the year, letting us kind of tie up loose ends and stuff. And then we'll go back into Aquarius for like 20 years at the beginning of next year until 2044, which is wild. So uh, when a planet that doesn't move very often moves signs, I mean, they're moving all the time. What I mean is when they change signs, it is a big fucking deal. And so I'll talk about what Pluto means here in a second. Friday, then we have Mars squaring series at 29 degrees. So that's a some kind of a conflict, a challenge, an obstacle in how we nurture or what we're nurturing. Um, 29 degrees if you're just tuning in for the first time, is called the anoretic degree in astrology. And um, generally it's felt as sort of like, it can be called like a crisis point. That sounds kind of fear-mongery to me, so I avoid that. But um, it usually feels kind of urgent, bajiggity, something like that. Uh, Saturday, oh, thank fuck. Mars is changing signs on Saturday. Mars, Mars, love you, Mars, but dude, Mars has been in Gemini for seven months. Mars normally stays in a sign for about six weeks. So Mars has been in Gemini for seven fucking months because he retrograded there. And uh, changing signs this Saturday. And he'll be doing his usual six-week stint from here forward for quite a while. So that's also a big deal. And then um, the rest of the transits are, dare I say, kind of ordinary. I mean, especially in the shadow of 
Pluto changing signs, moving into Aquarius. That's just a big fucking deal. So uh, let's, let's back up and talk about what the fuck this all means. Pluto is an outer planet and the outer planets are called the social planets. They have a pretty well-documented effect on society, culture, government, world issues, fiscal issues, finance, currency, think cryptocurrency that just started. Um, There's some other influences with the cryptocurrency thing. Uranus and Taurus um, to be specific. Um, Anyway, uh, these outer planets can be tracked with history. And that's a lot of what I wrote about this week. And it's just so nerdy and delicious. If you're a history nerd or a numerology nerd or an an astrology nerd, this blog is for you. (laughs) There's so much nerdiness in it. So Pluto moving into Aquarius is the biggest planetary shift I've ever covered. The date that Pluto moves into Aquarius kind of tickles me because I do love number synchronicity. It's 3-23-23. And that's pretty fucking cool. Pluto and the outer planets, they kind of, they're very slow. And when they, when they do change, like I said, it's kind of bouncy. They kind of bounce into a sign, they bounce back and then they kind of bounce forward again. So it's a very slow transit. Um, Pluto takes 240 something years to get around the sun. So it's a big deal when he changes signs. He enters a new part of our personal natal astrology charts. Okay, so Pluto is about who has the power. The United States was founded with Pluto and Capricorn. And we had our exact Pluto return. Pluto return is when it returns to the sign where everything started on 2-22-22. No shit. Um... (laughs) That's the day that Pluto was at the same degree as when the Declaration of Independence was signed, that degree being 27 degrees of Capricorn, if you're taking notes. Um, interesting side note, uh, George Washington was also born on 222. I love this shit. It is thought that certain signing dates were selected over others because of planetary alignments back in the day, in the 1770s, right? Benjamin Franklin that, you know, one of the dudes that authored the Declaration of Independence, in case you've been sleeping since high school, observed the planets and their activity and even had an almanac uh, at the time, which is like the 1700s version of a blog. And it was called Poor Richard's Almanac. It was published for quite a while, 1732 to 1758. It had like a calendar. It was kind of like the Highlights magazine of the day, only, I guess, for grownups. It had a calendar, weather, poems, word games, astronomical stuff, um, and astrological information. And old Ben even schooled his readers who might have been shit talkers about astrology with this little snippet in one of his publishing, uh, one of his publications. Courteous reader. Astrology is one of the most ancient sciences had in hi- had in high esteem of old by the wise and great formerly no prince would make war or peace nor any general fight a battle in short no important affair was taken without first consulting an astrologer who examined the aspects and configurations of the heavenly bodies and marked the lucky hour now the noble art more shame to the age we live in is dwindled into contempt 
the great neglect us. Empires make leagues and parliaments laws without advising with us, and scarce any other use is made of our learned labors. <laughs> if you've ever read some of the Declaration or the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, man, these guys were not writers. I am not a history scholar, but I have, you know, dabbled so many fucking commas in this period of time, you guys. That was Ben defending astrology back in the day. So go Ben. So based on his interest in the planets, it's speculated that we he would have noticed that on July 4th, the sun would be at 13 degrees of cancer, allowing him to commemorate each of the 13 original colonies with the 13 degrees. So to further blow our minds, 323.23 is 13 months after the Pluto return we had on 222.22. What the fuck? I love it. I fucking love it. Pluto rules corruption, authority of all kinds, including tyranny, dictators, general assholy, villain archetypes. Pluto will destroy what no longer works and rebuild it. It is the planet of death and rebirth, transformation, rules the eighth house in astrology. He doesn't fuck around. Scorch earth policies do apply. Capricorn, uh, where he has been, is about systems, structures, the old ways, conservatism, authority, money, dominance, power, and ambition. Aquarius, where he's moving, is about the collective, the hive mind, if you will, humanitarian and philanthropic issues, the future, technology, and of course, rebellion. You can't have Aquarius without some rebellion. So here is kind of a quick breakdown of things that have happened under Pluto and Capricorn. <clears throat> so that was the, you know, the years around the time that the U.S. was founded, 1762 to 78, and then 2008 to this year. The Stars and Stripes flag, the Declaration of Independence, Slavery was outlawed in Britain. These are in no particular order, by the way. The stock exchange was founded in Britain. Captain Cook claimed Australia and New Zealand, and then they killed him in Hawaii. The Industrial Revolution begins in Britain. Um, then we had the 2008 economic crash, Occupy Wall Street, WikiLeaks, Snowden, Brexit, Trump, cryptocurrency. So you can kind of see how the trends unfold under these influences. Now, Pluto and Aquarius... I found some dates that were even older. So back to the 1500s, 1532 to 53, 1778 to 98, and then 2023 to 2044. Um, Copernicus dared to challenge the Earth-centric beliefs at the time and proposed the sun as the center of the planetary system. King Henry broke from the Catholic Church. England had a Pluto return. Protestantism, it's hard for me to say, <laughs> was on the rise. The printing press started to, you know, print, um, which was a big deal because then information could be shared. Uh, slave trade began. I'm assuming that as a reference to in the U.S. Um, various world religions start popping up, not just, you know, the Roman Catholic Church at this point. Then, of course, the U.S. Constitution, the global metric system, classical music was at its peak. Mozart was an Aquarius. The philosophy of utilitarianism, which is a philosophy by an Aquarius, Jeremy Bentham. It was a completely secular philosophy of law and government. And that was kind of a big deal at the time. Secular? What? That would 
probably freak people out now too. Interesting. The French Revolution happened, the Industrial Revolution. So then it was machines. Now it's like AI, the Enlightenment, you know, advancements in social sciences, the concept of individual rights, humanistic morality, philosophies, various protests about things, and um, the abolition movement. Astrologer Catherine Urban, who's pretty brilliant, wrote about the French Revolution. The French Revolution began as a women's march demanding lower prices for bread, to which Marie Antoinette then said, let them eat cake, not realizing that you also need flour to bake a cake. This spiraled the movement into class warfare. The French Revolution is regarded as a movement whose ideals of equanimity ran away with them. A textbook example of the oppressed becoming the oppressor. It wasn't enough to level the playing field. Heads were going to roll. The shadow side of humanitarian Aquarius is the authoritarian masking its agenda as the greater good. What is deemed humanistic to one grouping may very well be oppressive to another. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Then this week, we have a new moon in Aries. This new moon is a zero degree Aries new moon, but we have two Aries new moons, which is not typical. But the interesting thing is, not only is the next Aries new moon an eclipse in April, it happens at 29 degrees of Aries. So every sign only has 30 degrees. Once a sign hits 29 degrees, then the next degree is zero degrees of the next sign. That's why 29 degrees is called the anoretic degree, the critical degree. Zero degrees is also a big deal because it is like this undiluted, enthusiastic energy for whatever that next energy is. So 29 degrees is like, I'm so done with this energy. And zero degrees is, I'm so ready for this energy. So Aries being the first sign of the zodiac is very much about initiating, starting new things, being the first to do something, all of those things. We have an Aries new moon at zero and another Aries new moon at 29. It feels like what happens in between those two dates is very significant. And that's March 21st to April 19th. I just feel like this is begging for deep manifestation. If you're going to do any sort of new moon manifestation, this is one to do it with. You're going to hear me talking about a new cycle, a new era, a new whatever, five bajillion times. We are collectively entering a new era. We are personally entering new eras. But these things don't just like show up overnight. You don't just wake up and go, I'm in a new era. It's an unfolding. It's it's a slow process. And so last year was about closing out old energies, um, wrapping things up, tying up loose ends, all that good stuff. And this year is the beginning of that unfolding in a lot of ways. The new moon, the zero degrees of Aries new moon happens tomorrow, Tuesday, March 21st at 123 Eastern. One, two, three, another number thing. So get real clear about what you want your life to feel like, what you want it to look like. When you're manifesting, one of the things that is important is that you tap into the feeling of having or being that, that thing. The feeling is what triggers your unconscious mind to believe that it is a fact. It's true. And when you can tell your unconscious mind that a thing is true, it will 
sort of shift your beliefs and your energy in such a way that it makes it possible for that thing to be true. When we believe that we are, say, a bad person, we have a thought pattern that is, I'm a bad person. And then we attract things into our lives or choose things that validate that belief. That's an ego thing. The ego wants things to be the same. So if the unconscious mind says a thing and then the ego goes, okay, we're going to choose things that make that valid. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about with deep manifestation. I should do a more in-depth show on that, shouldn't I? Anyway, uh, what needs to be transformed in your life? Pluto's going to do his thing anyway. So it would be great if you could just like meditate, do some journaling, um, get clear about what needs to be transformed and what you actually want. So, and, and where are you ready to rise? That was what I was getting back to with the numbers, one, two, three, and the climbing and the rising and all that. Aries is competitive and ambitious. This moon is square Mars, who's just about to pop into cancer at that point. And um, he's not going to be at 29 degrees, but he will be shortly thereafter. So I feel like Mars is going to be full of piss and vinegar, as my grandma used to say, ready to rumble. And that's not a bad thing, as long as you are aware <laughs> that there might be a moment where you're just like, blah, um, whatever blah means to you. Just avoid slipping into the shadow energy of either Mars or Pluto, which would include like having tantrums, being manipulative, paranoia, blah, blah, blah. With that, I will jump into each of the signs and the horoscopes for this week. Aries, this new moon is all you, baby. Become more yourself. Start a new project. Think about who you are and what you want to be and visualize what that looks like and feel it. Pluto leaving Capricorn means you may feel some professional accomplishment for the first time in a long time. You've been running up that hill for years. Now you can enjoy some success, some feeling of accomplishment, and in so doing, you can shift your focus to the community, to humanitarian causes, etc. Your tribe will undergo major changes as long as Pluto is in this placement, so for 20 years. Mars Shifting into cancer will give your frustrated mind a break that is long overdue. You can take a breath and maybe enjoy the silence between your ears as you shift your focus more to home and family. Ceres is retrograding into Virgo, and that is a post-it note on your forehead to pay attention to your physical health and a reminder to engage in active self-care. And I don't mean taking a break between workouts. I mean actually taking care of yourself. Taurus, I give Aries a lot of shit because I don't know a single Aries who isn't a runner or some kind of a gym rat. Uh, Taurus, this new moon is an invitation to retreat into the quiet and introspect. Examine any of your inner places that calls your attention. Take a moment to reconsider your boundaries and if you need to have a bit more alone time. Set intentions around beginning healthy new patterns, maybe a spiritual practice, even if it seems small. Pluto leaving Capricorn and entering Aquarius indicates that it's time to apply what you've learned in a professional manner in your professional life. Granted, you have like 20 years to get that going, so it's going to happen regardless. You're entering a cycle where your drives and focus are going to be dominated by career for 
20 years. Mars will be leaving your money house and moving into your mental house. So if money has been an up and down struggle, it should calm down now. And you can use that third house mental energy to organize your budget. You will find yourself saying things that you've wanted to say, but you couldn't quite make it happen. Gemini. This new moon takes place in your 11th house of friends and people you know. Set your intentions for a new tribe, new friends, new professional or social connections. The 11th house is also the house of dreams and goals. I like to call it the house of audience as well. So manifest those big dreams. Pluto's exiting your eighth house of other people's resources, other people's stuff, and moving into the ninth house, setting you up for big, expansive experiences over the next couple decades. New belief systems, new philosophies. Um, work on cleaning up your debt as well as intimate relationship stuff. Not just sexual. Intimacy is not just sexual, you know, just intimate. Um, stuff that's overly complicated and causes drama. You'll want a clean slate when Pluto drops into that ninth house. Mars in Cancer will transit your second house of money. It's a great placement for Mars, so you should see your income either increase or settle into something much more stable and comfortable. Cancer. The new moon hits your career house, inviting you to set some big intentions around your legacy, your reputation, your public image, and your career. The action steps you take between now and April 19th will be rewarded starting in the fall of this year. Pluto's leaving your seventh house where passion has thrived in your relationships. Passion is not always a great thing. It's, it can be. That's another show. Passion has thrived and it's entering your eighth house. You're being asked to review what you have at your disposal, courtesy of other people and how you use those things. The eighth house is also about intimacy. So you can have passion without intimacy but you're now entering into an intimacy phase. Um, you're being asked to review what you have at your disposal and how you use those things. This is a great chance to get your finances in order and you have a lot of time to get it straight. Pluto will point the way soon enough. Mars will be transiting your first house of self for about six weeks, I think. So the motivation to get things done should be readily available to you. But also with Mars having been in your 12th house for so very long, he will be bursting at the seams to do all of the things and a dam of frustration could break and you might flood your to-do list. Be aware when you feel those bursts of, I got to do it, that Mars is Mars and might need to be a little bit tamed. Mars might need to calm his tits just a little bit when he gets out of that 12th house where he's been so confined. Uh, Leo. The new moon is in your ninth house of experience, expansion, and belief. Set intentions to learn, expand, and travel if that's your thing. Sign up for a class, plan a trip, change up your mundane experience of the world by stepping out of your normal routine, even if it's little stuff. Take a different way to work, change the order that you do things in the morning, stuff like that. Pluto's leaving your sixth house and entering your seventh your focus has been security, stability, and predictability in your daily life, habits, and health for a long time. Now that you have some mastery over that area of your life, it's time to go deeper in your relationships. Do you have that security in your partnerships? You're going to find out. Mars is going to move into your 12th house, giving your social life or calendar a much needed break. Take a nap, girl. Mars doesn't really love the 12th house. So 
after that long in the 11th, he might enjoy the break, but he could get a little frustrated. Um, Series retrogrades into Virgo and into your second house of money. So watch your spending and your budget. Um, but Ceres could get your shit together for you in your budget area. Okay, Virgo. The new moon happens in your eighth house, indicating that you are needing to deal with financial matters and how you use the resources that other people provide. Intimate relationships are likely to get deeper as a result of this moon. Pay attention to what comes up between now and April 19th. Pluto is leaving your fifth house and entering your sixth to give you a taste of what control over your schedule looks and feels like. You know what brings you joy because Pluto has been in your fifth house for years. So now you can incorporate it into your daily life. Mars and Cancer transits your 11th house after having been in your career house for many months. If you're not exhausted, Mars will invite you to collaborate and dream big using what you've learned over the last seven months. Things are likely to take a turn for the better over the next few weeks. Libra. The new moon passes through your seventh house of relationships and contracts. Your focus is likely to be drawn to your interpersonal connections. Relationships can experience a renewal during this time. Set your intentions for the improvements you'd like to see in any of your partnerships, not just romantic, but also employment, contractual agreements, even legal agreements. Take conscious action steps to improving important relationships between now and April 19th. Pluto has been balancing the power dynamics in your family for a long time, and now he's going to enter the fifth house to show you the importance of joy and desire. Mars has been in your ninth house of learning for seven long months, so now he moves into your tenth house where you can actually experience career progress and apply all that wisdom that you've gained. Scorpio. The new moon happens in your sixth house of health and habit. Set your intentions for healing your body, forming healthy habits, and creating a routine that is helpful to those ends. If you've been burning the candle at both ends and working too hard, this moon will invite you to pause and take a breath. Your family or your definition of it is going to be transformed because Pluto is leaving your third house and entering your fourth, shifting your focus to family dynamics and security in your home and family. Your communication skills are ready for this era. They ought to be by now. Um, <laughs> Mars is finally leaving your eighth house, where over the last seven months, you have likely experienced some darkness or some loss. And it's moving into, he's moving into the ninth house where you can sort of greet the world again. Sagittarius. The new moon takes place in your fifth house of joy, creativity, and romance. If a creative project is something you're thinking about, it's a great time to launch it between now and April 19th, particularly. Romance is likely to be in the air now as well. In general, do things that make you happy. Oh, poor Sagittarius gets to do things and make him happy. Pluto will be setting up long-term camp in your third house, giving you mental powers and access to genius if you feel like tapping into it. The next 20 years, you can accomplish truly great things with the power of your intellect, particularly in your local community. Wrap up any lingering financial issues this year if possible. Mars will be entering your eighth house, giving you drive to dive deep. Sexuality and intimacy are triggered during this time. 
In other words, you might be horny. I think my favorite scope this week is probably Sagittarius. <laughs> Capricorn. New moon will pass through your fourth house of home and family. So projects you initiate now or work you do on the family unit will be given a boost of energy. Family unit or home. Um, maybe it's time for a remodel. Pluto is leaving your first house of who the fuck am I and why am I here? And chances are strong that you have a good handle on your identity and who you want to be in the world now. Pluto will be strengthening your income sector when he moves, giving you the financial power that you want for the first time, maybe ever. Um, Mars will be entering your seventh house of relationships where you're likely to be giving lots of attention to partnerships. Aquarius, the new moon will be in your third house of communication and community. Publishing or communication projects you start now through April 19th are given a big boost of energy. If there's a book in you, see if you can tap into it during this time. It, it could write itself. Pluto is exiting your 12th house of secrets where he's been holding your feet to the spiritual fire. You probably haven't even noticed it. It's just who you are now. But he's going to enter your first house, transforming who you are in the world. No biggie, right? No big deal. Ask a Capricorn. It's fine. <laughs> It's actually nothing to be afraid of. It's just, you know, you will be transformed. Um, to accomplish this, he'll have to burn through some of your insecurities and the ways you limit yourself. So that stuff is likely to come up and ask to be healed and transmuted and all of that um, while Pluto is in your first house. So you're entering a period of personal power like you've never known before. Um, Mars and Cancer will transit your sixth house of habit and health. So you may have more energy than you have in quite a while. Um, series will retrograde into your eighth house, indicating you're likely to feel a need for intimacy in order to feel nurtured. Maybe call a Sagittarius because they're horny, I heard. Um, Pisces, <laughs> the new moon is an opportunity for you to make money. Woo! Set clear intentions around making and receiving money now through April 19th and take action steps, even if they're small, to indicate that to the universe that you are open for business. Um, for example, design and order some business cards for yourself. Um, that's a good like baby step. The second house is also related to comfort and the body. So treat yourself to something that a Taurus would love. Uh, Pluto will be moving out of your 11th house and into your 12th. Social power dynamics have been challenged for a long time for you. You've been working on solidifying and clarifying your dreams. Pluto has burned off things that don't matter in regards to those dreams and the people that are around to help you achieve them. So now you're invited to explore the darker aspects of yourself and your spiritual closet. Insecurities, fake friends, fears, and secrets you hold are up for transformation. You might want to start crafting your freak flag because, you know, in 20 years, you're going to need to fly it. Uh, Mars will be moving into your fifth house where nurturing your romances, children, or creative projects will be the themes. And that, bitches, I did it. I got through this massive blog and it, I, it didn't take three hours. Whew. So uh, thank you for listening. If you would like a personal astrology reading with moi, you can email me at kelly at thebitchwhisperer.me and I will tell you how we can get that done. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys. What do you want to hear about? What do you want me to teach? What do you want me to talk about? Um, 
all that. And please rate and review wherever you listen, preferably Spotify, because that's where it matters. And that's it. You guys, it's a big week. It's a great week. Um, utilize that Aries new moon. It's fantastic. And I guess that's it. I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great one. Mwah.